Hey friends, welcome to the Family House Message of the Week podcast. This is Pastor Jason, lead pastor at Family House Fellowship in Cedar Park, Texas. At Family House, we are a family of faith growing towards wholeness in Jesus Christ, heart, mind, and strength, and helping others towards that same wholeness, impacting not only this generation, but future generations. We would love for you to check out more about us on our website. It's familyhousecp.org. Also, you can follow us on social media in all the places, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at FamilyHouseCP. And also, if you wouldn't mind, the best way to continue to see these podcast episodes when they drop is to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform that you love to get your podcasts. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, rate and leave a review. It helps other people find this Message of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome, everyone. Family House Kid can go with Abby. Awesome. Bye, Kai. He's like, peace out. Later, man. Thanks for being here. All right, if you weren't here last week, um, we, we took a detour from our normal series, from our Best Summer Ever series, um, because we wanted just to share a little bit of news, and that news is is that um, at the end of this month, um, it'll be, July 30th will be our last Sunday here. Um, starting in August, we will be uh, moving our service times to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and we will be meeting um, at our house. Um, uh, we just feel like this is a really great season um, I've, I have, it's interesting because you get a lot of perspectives on this, and some people will be like, well, isn't that taking a step back? No. Um, don't believe it's taking a step back. I, I classify it as this, like the Lord has told us we're going to go that way, right? We're going there, whatever there looks like, right? Like we're going to go there. This is the thing that God wants to do. And we've started, and we're like, okay. Now we sort of know what going there is going to take. So let's go back to base camp. Let's get some supplies. Let's get some more training. Let's get some more, um, some more strength, and then we'll go there. That's, that's, that's sort of the analogy that I'm using. And so um, uh, we're praying a lot about what the Lord wants to do in this season, and we're really excited about what the Lord's going to do in this season. And so um, just wanted to again say that's that's where we're headed and we're super excited about it um high point's been great they've been awesome to let us be here and let us um uh, do what we've what we've done and um yet i think the lord has something more for us and so he's calling us to do something different and so um, that's what we're going to do starting in august so we're excited about that if you have questions don't hesitate to to ask me um love to answer those love to talk to you about it um it'll yes we'll put it out there thank you well for um we're not going to publicize it on the website but we will put it out um in the newsletter and the things that um, you guys normally get so you guys know when we get closer to that date 
So today we're going to be back in our series, The Best Summer Ever, The Fruit of the Spirit. We're going to do things a little bit differently because we took the detour last week. Um, last week, Abby was going to teach to us about what it looks like to, to have peace. And so um, she really wants to teach us about peace. And so we've moved that um, for a few weeks from now. So Abby will be back. So we're going to take it a little bit out of order. And so today um, I'm bringing the next one in the fruit of the Spirit. If you remember Galatians 5, Paul writes to the Galatians and he says, um, but the fruit of the Spirit, this is, this is chapter 5, verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So that's where we've been um, focusing. We're back focusing on that. Um, let me pray really quick, and then uh, we'll jump into patience. Um, I'm sure everyone has some opinions about patience. Let's pray. Father, I pray that tonight you would speak to our hearts about what it looks like to be patient people. That truly your heart is patient. Your heart is kind. Um, your heart is slow to anger. And so, Father, I, I pray that you would teach us how to be like you. We love you. Um, we invite you to speak in this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, <clears throat> most of us would say, right, there's, there's, there's a saying in life that, and I, and I honestly don't know because I've spent so much time inside the church that I don't really even know what it's like to be outside the church. I mean, to be honest, like my life basically started in the church. Like, if I could have been born at the church, I would have been born at the church, frankly. I mean, I was probably less than a week old before I showed up at the church. And so, I don't really know what outside sayings about this are outside of the church. But inside the church, the saying is, don't pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, you're going to get an opportunity to practice it. Right? And I think, we think that's funny, right? It's like, <laughs> don't pray for patience, because if you pray for patience, you're going to get opportunities to practice. But I don't think it's very funny, because this is actually the heart of God for us. And when we get opportunities to practice patience, it's a gift. It's not a curse. It's a gift from God that we get to practice patience. It's not a curse. And I want to say that in sort of in the beginning here, as we sort of jump back into this series, as we've talked about love and joy, and previous to that, we even talked about what it looks like to uh, walk by the Spirit as opposed to living in the flesh. That these things that we are talking about, love, joy, peace, patience now, when you don't exhibit those, you're actually exhibiting what it looks like to walk in the flesh. 
and I'm not, this is not an indictment. This is not an indictment on any one person as much as it's an indictment on me. Because when I look at myself and go, like, when I was preparing for this message today, like, walking through what patience looks like and what God is actually asking of us, I'm going, man, I fall short on this more than I get it. And so this message is as much for me as it is for you. And so when I'm saying, when I'm saying that, like, when we don't exhibit patience in our lives, we're actually living according to the flesh, that's more, that's as, as much for me as it is for anyone. That, that there is this dichotomy that we're living in, right? It's either we're living by the Spirit, we're letting the Spirit do the influencing, or we're living in our flesh. Think about it. Um, what does the fruit look like? What is the fruit coming out of our lives look like? We've all been to HEB and walking, and no knock to HEB, HEB does a pretty great job of keeping the produce fresh normally. But sometimes you walk through there and you're like, man, those bananas, somebody should really get rid of those. Um, and so, you know, we know what bad fruit looks like, right? You wouldn't go to HEB and go, you know, I'm going to do them a favor. I'm going to pick up these, you know, really nasty apples that have a bunch of bruises and are actually rotten. We wouldn't do that. But oftentimes, we have a harder time determining and recognizing what the fruit of our lives looks like. And so, when we look at this, it's not, it's not an indictment. It's not a shame, shame, shame. It's, it is a, a recognition of an area of growth for us when we look at this. And so um, we read from Galatians 5. I want to center our time on a proverb. It's proverb, Proverbs 14, verse 29. And I don't have any, I don't have any um, notes for you or scriptures today. So if you have your Bibles, you can open it. We're going to be here and referring to this, but I'm also going to be jumping around just a little bit, just, to, just in reference to other scriptures that, um, that drive home this point. Proverbs 14, 29 says this, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Patience equals great understanding. Quick-tempered equals foolishness. It's basically what, what Solomon is saying in this proverb. Patience equals great understanding. Quick-tempered, being quick-tempered equals foolishness. So what does he mean when he says patience is, under, is great understanding? It's the understanding about where I'm at mentally and it's an understanding of what's actually happening around me. The Greek is, is, the original languages of the Bible are Hebrew and Greek. Hebrew being the Old Testament, Greek being the New Testament. The, the Greek word, the New Testament word for patience is makrothuma. 
thumia, excuse me, macrothumia. And it's basically two Greek words that are positioned together. Macro, meaning long, and thumos, meaning temper. So the, the authors of the New Testament, anytime you see the word patience, they're using the word macrothumia, which means long temper. It's literally the opposite of a short temper. I mean, this is pretty cut and dry, right? I mean, it's black or white. You either have a long temper, which means it takes you a long time to get to a place where you lash out. Or you have a short temper, right? Have you ever ever heard someone, maybe you were described as having a short fuse, right? I mean, we, we just got done with the 4th of July. I don't know how many of you watched fireworks on the 4th of July, but we were in Milburn Park here in Cedar Park at the 4th of July. They're shooting off fireworks, right? I mean, I'm sure fireworks work a little differently in 2023 than they did a long time ago, but you know, like when we were, you know, out on the, you know, curb, actually there were no curbs in my neighborhood growing up, there was just streets and ditches, but when we were out in the street with, you know, bottle rockets and different things, you had to light the fuse, right? And bottle rockets have a really short fuse, right? You light them and you run, right? Bigger fireworks have a longer fuse, right? You, they set them out and they run the lines and they light them and, it, and the, the fuse, the, the lit fuse, the fire runs to the source of power and it shoots off into the air. That is literally what the writers of the Bible are describing when they talk about patience, right? When you, when you encounter somebody with a short fuse, it's like holding a bottle rocket in your hand, right? You're like, light it and run, <laughs> right? If you, if you need to say something to somebody with a short temper, you say it and you get out of there, right? We've all been in those situations. Sometimes we've been the one who delivered the message. Other times we've been the one who were, received the backlash or got, got the message and gave the, gave the punishment for whatever it was that was said or done. Patience is literally anger taking a very long time to build before it is expressed. When is it is expressed, it's under control. It's not just having a long fuse. It's also the fact that when the fuse gets lit, it's under control. Now, in a few weeks, we're going to talk about what self-control looks like. But I think that as we've gone through this, as we've talked about love and we've talked about joy, and now we talk about patience, and Abby's going to come back and teach us about peace a little bit later, these things build on each other. Right? If we have true, genuine love in our hearts for people, then that love is going to be expressed in joy. And that joy, even though we haven't talked about it yet, is going to be expressed because we feel peace. And when we feel, when we have genuine love, and it is then, it comes out in joy, and then it leads to peace, then the thing that, we're, that comes out of our lives is patience. 
It's patience. So back to Proverbs 14.29. I want to read it from the Passion Translation because I just love the way this reads. When your heart overflows with understanding, you'll be very slow to get angry. But if you have a quick temper, your impatience will be quickly seen by all. What, do our, what does our heart overflow with? You see, patience is literally relational. It's relational. It's relational between God and us. So many scriptures talk to us about what it looks like to patiently wait on the Lord. Some of us literally have an impatience with God. We're being impatient with the one who made us. And it's relational between us, between one another. I mean, we've talked about this before, right? When At the beginning in Genesis 2, when God made man, literally there was peace. There was peace between man and God, and there was peace between man and man, between Adam and Eve. They were in relational peace, and they were in relational peace with their creator. But then when sin entered the equation, our connection with God got broken, and it led to the opposite of peace, which is conflict. And then the first thing that man did to one another is blame, start the blame game. And that started a relational problem with man. Man versus man. It's man versus God and man versus man. And there's literally only one of those that we can ever hope to win. <laughs> right? We'll never win man versus God. We never will. It's the reason why God sent Jesus. It's the reason why Jesus died on the cross. And it's the reason why Jesus ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to live in us so that we can start to cultivate these things in our lives so that we are no longer worried about whether we're winning man versus man anymore. We're not worried about winning that war because there's not a war to be won. I love, um, there's a book that we're reading um, as a staff. We're not reading it as a staff, but it is a book that we have as a staff that we're sort of taking apart that we're using as some of the material for this series. So um, David and Abby and I, who are teaching in this series, are, are reading the particular chapters that... Um, go along with the fruit that we're talking about. And so the authors, Trask and Goodall, said this about patience. They said, so much of the fruit of the Spirit has to do with our reactions to people and to our circumstances in life. Um, it helps us choose to do or what to do when situations or people seem not to be moving as quickly or acting as we would like them to. So I want to break down what patience, first, what patience isn't. Patience isn't taking revenge or returning behavior for behavior. I mean, but that's, but what, what's what we do? What, what? I can't, I can't defend myself? Patience isn't punishment. In life group right now, 
on Monday nights, we're actually going through a study called Unpunishable. And it's a book by uh, a guy by the name of Danny Silk, who um, honestly is brilliant when it comes to relationships. And he literally talks about this idea that we, we because of sin, we live in what, we, what he calls the punishment paradigm. Where if something happens to us, then there must be punishment. If, if we, and we are expecting it too, because we live in a cycle of punishment. That's what our culture does. We live in a cycle of punishment. And so when somebody does something to us, then we want to punish them. But when, when we do something to someone else, we're expecting to be punished. And that's actually not what God is trying to accomplish in us. God is actually trying to accomplish reconciliation and redemption and restoration. And so patience isn't punishment. It isn't um, doling out punishment for something that's happening to us or being punished for something we've done. Patience isn't something that feels like surrendering to circumstances or trials. Patience isn't repressed anger that causes bitterness and resentment. Right? How we deal with things that happen to us, circumstances that happen to us, will eventually, if we follow the culture's lead on this, will eventually end one of three ways. We'll either repress our anger, which will cause us to, into bitterness and resentment, or we'll suppress our anger, which causes sarcasm. You ever met somebody like that? That's usually me. <laughs> I'm usually somewhere between repressive and suppressive behavior. Right? It's like the sarcastic comment that's super passive-aggressive. Or it's expressed anger that causes fits of, rage, fits of rage, uncontrolled outbursts, verbal abuse, and revenge. So those are the things patience isn't, right? So if you, fall, if you find yourself, like I do, falling in some of these categories, then we're probably not expressing the fruit of the Spirit, patience. Because, again, patience is great understanding. And having a short temper is foolishness. So here's what patience actually is. And it's, I, want, I want to read a compilation of scriptures from Nehemiah. Nehemiah 9. This is, um, this is the... Uh, I believe, I didn't put it in my notes, but I believe this is the prophet Ezra. And he's talking to God. He's saying, you alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything and the, magnet, the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and called him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you and you made a covenant with him. You have kept your promise because you are righteous. 
You saw the suffering of our forefathers in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground. But you hurled their pursuers into depths like a stone into the mighty waters. By day, you led them with a pillar of, of a cloud and by night with a pillar of fire to give them light on the way they were to, were to take. You came down on Mount Sinai. You spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right and decrees and commands that are good. In their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven and in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. But they, our forefathers, became arrogant and stiff-necked and did not obey your commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the desert. For 40 years, you sustained them. You reveled in your great goodness. They reveled in your great goodness. But as soon as they were at rest, they again did what was evil in your sight. For many years, you were patient with them. But in your great mercy, you did not put an end to them or abandon them. For you are a gracious merciful God. This is literally the definition of patience. I don't think anyone, if they were looking at God in the face, in light of how he's handled, how he handled Israel and how he's handled us, would look at them, look at, look at him and go, man, you're such a pushover. Man, you're so gullible. You just keep letting them do that to you. Why do you do that? But yet that's what we do when we... Now, listen, I'm not saying we're supposed to be a doormat. I'm not advocating for that. Like, I, believe me, over the last several years, I, nobody has learned more about boundaries than me. And boundaries are appropriate. And they're loving. They're actually loving. And actually, boundaries are a way to exercise patience. Because we put boundaries around people not to, not, not to push them out, but to protect the things that are important to us and give them a chance to make their way back in to a place of trust. That takes patience. It actually takes patience to do that. But what this is advocating for is the fact that we walk a walk with people that is, that is long. I, I say to people all the time, like, I'm a long road person. You have to do a lot to get invited out of my life. Why? Not because I'm perfect. And, and I have relationships in my life right now that have boundaries. But they're not, they're not invited out of my life. Why? I just believe that, that there's more. Right? That God has something more. And if I, if I uh, for the lack of a better phrase, I'll use an old-time church word, excommunicate somebody out of my life, there's zero chance for me to influence them for the kingdom. And that's an opportunity for patience. 
the um, Paul talks about this in Romans. Actually, it's sorry, it's in Ephesians. He says, he says that we are supposed to bear one another's burdens, and we're supposed to give people grace for their journey. Be patient with that person who may not be as further along as you. Not so that they can do damage to you, not so that they can harm you, but so that they can grow. Paul talks about the fact that we're supposed to be patient with one another. So I want to give you some things real quick um, that you can that you can, these are some benchmarks. These are some things that you can see visibly in yourself. We can see visibly in ourselves to be able to know where we are with patience in our lives. So if you're living by the Spirit, if you're living in the Spirit, you will experience growth in patience in these areas. First, by becoming less angry. You find yourself, you ever find yourself in that, in that mode? just like real quick to anger like, right there it's always right there when we're living by the spirit and what does it mean to live by the spirit right we talked about that in week one but i'm gonna go back to it for a second it means that we are allowing the spirit to have influence in our lives we're spending time we're spending time with god we're spending time in 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 the scripture And we're allowing his truth to impact us. His character starts to become our character. And when we live in the spirit, we become less angry too. We'll grow in patience by having more control over what we say. Our words matter. Our words matter. Um, Scripture actually teaches us that the tongue can be used for life or death. It can be used to give life and encouragement, or it can be used in death, in, in trying to destroy someone else. I don't know if you've been on social media. It's what we do in our culture. I, I am apparently a glutton for punishment because... Um, I'm, so, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm a big sports fan, and I, I am um, pretty, pretty in tune with especially my baseball team that I follow. And so I was, you know, trolling through Facebook one day, and I stumbled upon this Facebook group of all these people who are the same type of fan as me. So I get in this group, and I'm like, oh, great. It'll be great. We'll encourage one another about our team. Nope. Nope. It's just a cesspool in there. Right? I, I have been called more names in that, in that Facebook group than I probably was in middle school. I have been called more names in that Facebook group in the last seven days than I probably was in three years of middle school. That's saying something, because I rode the bus. I don't know if you ever rode the bus, but if you rode the bus in school, you know that every minute is an opportunity to be called a name. Right? Somebody's trying to exert their dominance on the bus for some reason. What is, what is this? Like the bus is some 
kingdom to be conquered. Right? But that's what we do. Right? We end up, our words end up causing death. Now, listen, somebody on Facebook is not getting under my skin. Right? At this point, now I'm just, I'm just posting things just to see who I can rile up. That's probably not the right answer either. Right? So I'm not taking those things personally. But when we have interpersonal relationships with one another and somebody who we are close to begins to call us names and, or, or, or look back on everything we've ever done and want to bring it back up every time, that is not having control over what we say. Because, honestly, our heart is meant to inflict pain on that person, not to exhibit love. Third thing, life will seem calmer when we practice patience. Will life be calmer? Probably not. But our response and our reaction to the things that happen in life will be calmer. Why? Well, Abby hasn't taught us about peace yet, so we don't have the full understanding. But I think it has to do with the fact that we carry peace. And when we carry peace, we're more apt to live in patience. Four. When we need to respond or confront someone, we will be in control. Right? I don't know if you've ever been in these scenarios, but when something happens and you need to, to, to respond, there are times that you, just, you have to respond. There are times you don't need to respond. Like when the person in the Facebook group called me bald. I didn't need to respond. Duh, I'm bald. I shaved my head on purpose. You're not, you're not insulting me. I don't need to respond to that. But sometimes stuff in life happens that demands a response, right? And when we do respond, how do we respond? Do we respond with words of anger and hate, or do we respond with words of love? We will be, if we are living in patience, we will be someone who will be in control of our response. And lastly, we will have a supernatural sense of timing to determine when or if we need to respond. You ever met somebody who just has to respond to everything? Like there literally is nothing that doesn't have a response. The Holy Spirit working in us and living through us allows us to really understand, right? Now go back. Let's think back. Patience equals great understanding. When we have patience by the Spirit of God living in us and through us, we now can see 365, we more, more accurately see 365 degrees around a scenario and understand what's actually happening here. So how do we do this? What, what's our opportunity here? Patience isn't a theory, it's a practice. Right? There are some things in this world that are theories. Right? They haven't been tried, and they haven't been really made truth. This is a practice. It's true. 
We can test it. Think about it for a second. Traffic. One of the first places that my lack of sanctification in the Holy Spirit gets exercised is in traffic. Right? Because people are morons. Right? In my mind. It's not true. It's not true. Right? I don't know why someone cuts me off in traffic. I don't know why someone felt like they needed to pull out in front of me. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit is has my attention, I'll put it that way, when the Holy Spirit has my full attention, then I'm more apt to be understanding. Why? Because have you ever heard the phrase that what we, we judge people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Right? Isn't that true? We, dr- we dr- judge others by their actions, and we judge ourselves by our intentions. And so what happens is, is that when I pull out in front of somebody, I know what my intentions are. My intentions are, I'm late for a meeting, or I had a bad morning, or I had... Like, I'm headed somewhere. There is an emergency, and i got to get there. I know what my intentions are. But when someone else pulls out in front of me, I'm judging them by, by their actions. What in the world do they think they are owed pulling out in front of me? I don't know. Could they, could they have had a bad morning? Could they be late for work? On the day, could they be late for work knowing that if they're late again, it's the last straw? Could they be in an emergency? They have a loved one or somebody who's been hurt and they have to go. I don't know, but I'm judging them by their actions and I'm judging myself by my intentions. What about the checkout line at HEB? Right? Like, who writes checks anymore? Why do I always pick the one checkout line that the lady's writing a check? I don't know maybe maybe she needs to write a check maybe she lost her debit card maybe no one's ever showed her how the card reader works and it's intimidating but I'm judging that situation based on the fact that I'm ready to get out of here and not giving patience not exercising patience what about family? Well, you should know better. Yeah, we all should, right? It just doesn't really hold water. Because oftentimes we don't, we're not having conversations inside a family that matter. We're not having conversations. What are your fears? What are you worried about? What's impacting your mood? Is there a scenario going on that I don't know about? Is there something you're worried about that you're not sharing? I, I don't, and I don't need to know it, but I need to exercise patience because there probably is something behind the reaction or the activity or the action. 
We know we're beginning to exercise the fruit of patience in our lives when we begin to find ourselves in situations where what we experience looks different than it used to. Where we were once, uh, where once there was franticness and rush and frustration, there's now a supernatural sense of what may be happening in the lives of people around us. Here's the thing that I've experienced. The closer that I get to God, the more that I walk with him, the more that I experience his spirit in my life, the more he gives me supernatural knowledge. Do you know the one person besides that other person that you're experiencing who knows what's going on in their life? It's God. And I've had experiences where times where I've been standing in the HEB line and I've been in at that crossroads where it's like, am I going to be patient because let's be honest, I'm not ever going to be one to stand there. I mean, Gina would tell you, I'm not going to be one to stand here and go, seriously, you can't figure out how to write a check? I'm not, I won't be that guy. I'll just be the guy who's just, you know, every muscle in my body is tensed up and I'm just like, but there have been times where I've been at that crossroads where I feel it starting to bubble up and then the Holy Spirit drops something in my brain and it, it just says, just give them, give them a minute. They're having a bad day. And I kid you not, as I'm watching the cashier also start to get frustrated, the woman looks up from writing her check and she's like, I'm really sorry it's taking me so long. I'm having a rough day. And then the whole situation just diffuses, Right? because everybody understands what a rough day feels like. Connection with the Holy Spirit leads to deepness of relationship with the Father, and it bleeds out into our relationship with others. That's it. That's what it is. Connection, the the key to patience in our lives is the two the extent that we are connected to the Father, to the extent that the Holy Spirit has influence over our hearts and our minds, will be the extent that we will exercise patience. Guys, these things really are a, a lot about are we allowing the Holy Spirit to have influence over our lives, or are we not? If you're not seeing these fruits come out of your lives, then I would then I would say, how can we help you figure out a way to lean in to what God wants to do in your life? Because I know the further away I feel from God, the more I'm going to act out in my own dysfunction. The closer I am to God, the closer I'm walking with him, the more that I'm praying and having conversations and hearing what he says to me through his word and through what the Holy Spirit puts on my heart throughout the day, the more that I am open to these fruits coming out of my life. Because these literally are the char- is the character of God in a list. It's literally the character of God. It's who he is. I read from Nehemiah all those things as God 
walked with the walked with Israel, and he saw what they had done. The, the, he had experienced their hard hearts towards him. But did he abandon them? Did he leave them? Did he cut them out of their lives, out of his life? No. He exercised patience. Did he allow lessons to be learned? Sure. But did he leave them in those lessons? No. He walked it out with them. That's who God is. God is slow to anger and he is quick to love. And so if we're going to be like him, that's who we will become. Father, I thank you that there is literally nothing that we could do to make you walk away from us. You you are a long road God. (laughs) Talk about a long road. There was 400 years of silence between the time that the Old Testament prophets ended their run on the earth and the time that Jesus showed up on the scene. You've been playing the long game all along. You are a long road God. There, there, there is always a way back to you. So Father, I just pray where we have lacked patience in our lives, where we have lacked um, compassion and love for people around us, when we failed to ask questions before we made comments, Father, we repent. We don't just apologize, we repent, which means we're going to turn away from those attitudes. We're going to change our minds about those attitudes. And we're going to walk differently. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in our lives, to, give, to have influence over us so that we might walk differently. 